I want to talk to you first about this metaphor that I heard on the Dennis Prager show. I thought it was so appropriate for us to discuss, at least to use as a soundbite for, for our main point. Here it is. The, the, the lumberjack will never know the height of a tree until he chops it down. Okay, that, that is the way it is, right? I mean, you could climb and you could do it many different ways, but as a practical matter, the lumberjack doesn't know the height of a tree until it's already chopped down. How do we apply this to what we're dealing with with the coronavirus and the way we're handling and responding to all this? <clears throat> we are going to lose our civilization if we are to continue on this path of destroying liberty for the sake of safety and purportedly saving lives. That is what the metaphor is all about here. We will only know how great America was and how this liberty thing was after we've chopped it down. And I'm, I'm not about to accept that. I'm not about to live with that. We now continue on with ever egregious uh, new draconian rules brought by Governor Newsom, uh, the latest being that now everyone has to, this is literally as of last night, that everyone has to wear a mask as soon as they step outside of their homes. That was the mayor, not the governor. The mayor, I'm sorry, you're right. Uh, don't, don't blame nice governor, yes, competent right. governor Newsom. Yeah, he, 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 suddenly, he, yeah he suddenly looks like, uh, I don't know. Uh, Ronald Reagan? Jimmy Stewart, uh, you know. <laughs> Abe Lincoln? <laughs> Washington? Compared Jefferson. to Garcetti, yeah. The Garcetti really is an idiot. Um, I can say that. Wait, the Gestapo is coming. They're coming down. Oh, whew. You got to be really careful. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's worse. I'm not worried about the police. I'm really not. I'm worried about those neighbors around us. The Karens. You know yeah. what the Karen is. Well, the Karen I mean, is the new so word obviously. for the uh, concerned, nosy neighbor who's working as an adjunct for the government yes, that's order. True. That's true. They're, uh, you know, without the, the useful idiots, as it were, uh, literally, who do the, the government's bidding um, and they start reporting you in the snitch lines and everything else. We talked about that before. It's uh, there's a meme I saw the other day. I shared it with you, Ari. Um, hold on, people. We only want. Uh, no, so calm down. We're only going to do this fascism thing until there's a cure for the virus, right? Yeah. Like, okay, no, not acceptable. We, as if, as if, calm down. Like, fascism is okay even for a minute. It ain't. It ain't acceptable. Right. And, and these are the same people who have been arguing for doing fascism until the sea level recedes or the carbon level falls. Yeah, that's or all. Or the, you yeah. know, we have trains to go to Berlin or wherever it is. But, but the beautiful thing about this is that we can see how quickly they lie to us. The, remember the flattening and the curve nonsense? Huh? Right? What was that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they, they first did this closing of all of our businesses in California, generally speaking, and most of the states on the grounds that Let's flatten the curve so that these hospitals are not overrun with coronavirus patients, and that way won't be overwhelmed. They, they saw Italy, and they say, okay, we're not going to do that crap. We're not going to suffer that same fate. And so in order to us not to suffer that same fate, we are going to uh, flatten this curve, and everyone's going to stay home while you know, we gear up for the hospital. Okay, so we did it. In fact, we, we were nowhere close to what Italy had uh, in its situation for a whole bunch of reasons. Right. But did they reward us? Did they say good job? Did they say, yeah. and, and you know, basic mission accomplished and basic psychology is this. When you do something good, let's just say your dog craps outside, you reward it for crapping outside with the hopes that it will crap outside in perpetuity. Did you have, you to, don't did punish... you have to use the crap dog crapping thing as your first go-to example? Yes. It, was there something else you could have used for no. example? All right. So, but but the, the the point is, when you do something that the order giver wants, a good job, pat on the head, maybe a treat, is what you expect the person to give you for the next trick you want to do, not punishment. Yeah, right? no, you're so right. And you know, Fauci goes out, and, and I mean, I think it was, I'm quite sure it was Fauci who said 
that uh, people should have as much sex as they can inside their With homes. With strangers. Well, no, no. He said in their homes. So, <clears throat> like, oh, okay, thanks, Dr. Fauci. No, no. He said he, – he, the location wasn't specific. He was asked, should you engage in sex using hookup apps? With okay. strangers. I'm not talking and about that. And he said that. yes. All right. You're, you're, you're diverting yet again the main point. The main point is, and this is be- before the, the, the thing that you just are talking about. I'm talking about when, when this is all beginning and everyone is talking about staying at home, that's when he said everyone should have a lot of sex at home. Okay. For, forget about the hookup apps. The point is, as if to somehow say, oh, well, oh, gosh, thanks for telling me about sex. I, I didn't realize that I could do that. You know, thank you so much, Dr. Fauci. The, he, this guy has a totalitarian streak, like like all get out. It's really fascinating. And he really thinks that you're going to appreciate it. Oh, yeah, on the one hand, it really sucks uh, to not have to go out and work. On the other hand, uh, you know, I can I can have orgasms to my heart's delight. You know, well, so that's that's a good trade off right there. Yeah, anyway, well, I, I, I don't want I don't want to get I don't want to get sidetracked, uh, sidetracked here. Uh, look, we are. Uh, forgetting so quickly how the main mission of the flattening of the curve was uh, – sorry, the, the main mission of, of quarantining us is to flatten the curve. And now that we've long passed that, <clears throat> people forget about that. Now we're supposed to stay home until we have a, a, a vaccine or a cure. Uh, and P.S., we probably already have a cure anyway, but that's another story. Uh, <clears throat> there's no amount of cure that, that – I mean you could literally have a cure today. Not even hydrochloroquine, just another one, let's say. Okay, and it costs a lot of money for that matter, and it's, it has no side effects whatsoever. And still Garcetti would say, no, you right, must stay Because home. at that point, standard leftism kicks in, which yeah, is what kick in, which would be, well, not everyone can get the cure. Okay. Right. There's not equitable. We don't have cure justice. We there don't have go. justice cure. <laughs> Socially, you know, there are women curing. of color who are transgenders don't have the same access to this cure yes. as white males who are heterosexual. They would never stop. They would never let up because their job is to shut the mother down. Okay. Yeah, and and, and, and power. you know this is like once in a while you bump into somebody that just doesn't want to do something and you you clear away all the obstacles for them. I don't know, uh, for example, hey, how about this? For example, you want your best buddy to stop uh, stop being so lazy to to exercise because his health is in danger. Um, Yes, I am speaking to you, Ari. And you say to him, look, you know, you should exercise more. Well, I don't have the time. Okay, and so then you say to him, well, you know, don't you you watch a lot of TV at nighttime? And, uh, you know, you could just take 20 minutes away from that. And go around and walk around the block. Oh, but then it's dangerous to walk around the block late at night because, you know, okay, well, then maybe you could get a dog for yourself. And then that way you'll get more safety. Oh, but then I have to take care of the dog. And, and so on it goes, right? They, they, they throw, one, you know, one obstacle after, after the other. You resolve one obstacle after the other. And, uh, and, and they still don't listen to you. The, the bottom line is that guy doesn't want to exercise. He'd rather be lazy, right? Same thing going on here. Exactly the same thing. It doesn't matter how many cures we might produce, how many resolutions to you know, surmount any obstacle that they can throw at us, or, or, or for that matter, evidence that shows that the, the virus is not as deadly as they previously thought, evidence that, uh, that it's not as contagious as people thought, for example, or that it's... It's even less uh, of an effect than the flu. Or that it only affects certain populations and Bingo. certain demographics. That doesn't include working age adults or children in school. Right. You could show them the quarantine. It doesn't work at all. Right. For example. And, and, and then you, they'll still say, let's quarantine more. Right. And, and I consider these three things important to society, but they're elective activities. Bars, sporting events, movies. Right? Yep. Those are the three places that people gather en masse in close quarters and engage in what's called virus-spreadable behavior. Well, I could also say church so, attendance, so too. Church that, attendance also. Uh, uh, Very big deal. Yes, yes. I'm making a broader point here about places this stuff spreads, okay? Yeah. Church attendance, you, you can do it with uh, you know, keeping people apart. Oh, I with, see. With a film to work, you need the critical mass of a good crowd. 
Same with like a comedy show. Especially or, a comedy, Or a yeah. concert or a sporting event. You know, the roar of the crowd. People don't like to go to sporting events to empty stadiums, right? Uh, so if you want to compromise and say, hey, let's just shut down those three or four things, fine. Yeah, okay, but, go ahead. But everything? <laughs> I know, I agree with you. You know, in other words, it's what you're saying. that They're doing this for um, reasons unrelated to... Both the initial goal and even the current goal. Something else is going on here. Well, yes. You know, the acquisition of power and engaging in, I call it the sexual fetishization of leftist fantasy. Okay. All right. So, look, I, I understand. We're talking about obstacles here. And they do not want to stop with the quarantining. They're, they have a different agenda going on. And no matter what you say, no matter how many ways you can clear the, their various obstacles or prove to them, for that matter, that quarantining doesn't work, that we're all get, we're, we all probably have the coronavirus anyway, uh, and that what we really need to do is quarantine, if anybody, the elderly and the otherwise frail, uh, that, that is the only answer to it. And, and they still just want you to go about quarantining yourselves. So cl- clearly something else is going on. All right. They, they, they out and out lied to us about the flattening the curve thing. And very few people are talking about it. And it's to me, it's brazenly uh, a hypocrisy. Not just no, no, not hypocrisy, just brazenly a false representation. When you say very few people are talking about what do you mean, though? Because in my experience, everyone in life what? is talking about it. Yeah. Idiots in the media who are in charge of trying to get people to think a certain thing aren't talking about Everyone it. Everyone in light, you say? Life. Life, life. okay. Everyone well, I, I, I hope you're right. Everyone I says this. Everyone. Good. Well, I haven't heard anybody saying that. Um, and or, or Very few people talking about it. And it, it is beyond belief uh, outrageous and maddening that they, that they are doing this. Had we taken a video of ourselves... Uh, you know, and, and presented at the time that they were talking about flattening the curve and getting it for the first time. And then we would show them, look, here's your plan. Uh, and this is way beyond the flattening of the curve situation where we're way beyond the other side of the curve at this point, And you're still quarantining us. Uh, we'd say you guys are, are, have no intention of following through on your thing. You, you really want to shut down this economy. And that's the main mission, isn't it? Uh, Governor Newsom, isn't it? Mayor Garcetti and so forth and all the other governors who would do this. Look, uh, here's the beautiful thing about having 50 states. Uh, The famous expression is that each state is its uh, different laboratory, right? And you have different experiments that you can uh, have in this laboratory versus this, that laboratory. So here we are. Some states have opened up their economies and some states have not. Georgia, for example, Florida, um, and South Dakota has always been open. Um, and even parts of New York now are, are opening up. And so the question is, is it working? Or is there going to be this massive explosion of coronavirus infections and deaths, for that matter, uh, that they were all predicting? Well, it turns out in Georgia and Florida, uh, nothing bad has happened. It has not exploded whatsoever. Surprise, Right. So now California has to look at Georgia. I mean, we get to point to Georgia and Florida and, and, and Texas, for that matter, now, and say, uh, I think we can do what they're doing, okay? Because, you know, Texas has, has uh, big cities, Houston and Dallas. Florida has big cities, Miami and, uh, and otherwise, <clears throat> and they're not exploding. So what gives Governor Newsom? Okay, we need to be like those states. Okay, we, we did find, you, you want to say, oh, look, you know, uh, if, it, if, if it goes up from uh, 1,500 coronavirus deaths to, let's say, 3,000, they'll say that's an, an explosion of deaths. No, it's not. It is not. It is absurd because it's, it's like saying, well, uh, you know, you have no traffic. You decide that there should be no traffic whatsoever. Well, not surprising, and there won't be any traffic accident deaths, Right. And then as soon as you open it up, you'll, you'll say, okay, well, look, there's some, some, de- some deaths from traffic. Therefore, traffic is bad. No, we, it's, it's just part of the normal process of life. We need to have uh, people back in the game. And 
yes, you know, every life is tragic. We have to always say that. But a jump from 1,500 to 3,000 uh, would not be a horrific thing. It just wouldn't. You could say, oh, that's 100% growth, Mr. Lurie. Well, yes, it would be. <clears throat> but, but the reason why is that we have to have normal expansion and normal economic growth in California. It just, it just has to happen. And we'd have to take certain risks associated with that. Look, there is a, uh, a, a definite balancing act that you have to do between liberty on the one hand and risk-taking on the other. You cannot have liberty if you don't have some degree of risk in your life. And that's not just risk in terms of your physical well-being, but also risk in business, risk in love, risk in you name it, okay? Everything involves risk. Liberty involves risk. But we live at a time where nobody wants any risk. And they are willing to sacrifice all liberty for the sake of avoiding all risk. That is the danger that we're facing right now. That is the equation that people are looking at and they're saying, I don't want to be, I don't want to have any risk whatsoever. And they think they can have it all. They think they can have all the, all the liberty they want and have no risk whatsoever. And they're finding out that, gosh, you know, I, I guess I have to give up some of my liberty because, you know, life is so precious and everything is so precious. And then they begin to, uh, they, they begin to lie to themselves, Ari. They begin to say, uh, I guess it doesn't really matter if, if, I, uh, if I lose a little bit of my rights to speak up about a particular issue. I guess it doesn't matter so much if I don't get to congregate and celebrate my faith. I guess it doesn't matter if I, um, if I don't get to go to work and make a living. I guess it doesn't matter um, if, <clears throat> if I'm... Uh, uh, not allowed to hang around with my friends so much. You know, I, I guess it doesn't matter that, that I, I don't get to send my kids to school and so forth, right? That is the equation that they're looking at, and they're slowly chipping away at everything that we hold dear, not realizing the big picture behind this. That's what I'm afraid of. Now, here's the good news, a very good news. In California's 25th district, there was a special election. Mike Garcia won against the Democrat contender for a seat previously uh, not held by Democrat for about, what, 20 years, 19 years? And he won by a landslide. I think it's like a 12-point difference or something like that, right? Um, the people have spoken. And a lot of those people, were it's all mail-in votes, as it turns out, or mostly. Uh, it, well, it, it gets a little interesting on that. It was supposedly an only mail-in election, but then the ballots started coming in, and they were coming in in favor of the Republican. <laughs> so, by a lot. By a lot. In a Democrat district, previously held by one Katie Hill of the famous three-person right, yeah, three relationship. Yeah, the polyamorous uh, chick. So Governor Newsom modified the mail. Uh, this is so interesting because they're arguing for all mail-in ballots. But Newsom himself decided to then open up what are called vote centers, which are polling places in the district. But he specifically put them in the places that were more heavily Democrat. Oh, that's so funny. Which is funny. So... He undermined his own arguments for mail-in ballot elections in November. Long story short... Yeah, please make the, it shorter. The Republican won by tens of thousands of votes in a Democrat-majority district. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's my point. It's, and and, it's and a, this, this is the signal that you're getting from people that they are quietly saying the following two words. Fuck you. That's what they're saying. They are so fucking tired about this. Okay? And, and as you know... Don't this just is, get into that. Everyone knows now. Okay? This is wartime language. Okay? We are in war. You know what? I accept that. But I'm not in war against the virus. I'm in war. I'm at war against the leftist, Democrats. leftists. <laughs> That's what I'm war against. Okay? We need to understand what this war really is. Okay? It is not about the virus. The virus we can handle. The virus is no fucking big deal. Okay? The virus is a pretext 
to justify the erasure of our liberties. I am not jiggy with that. Bottom line, okay? That I'm, I'm so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, pleased and so emboldened, so um, heartened to see the results of the 25th District Special Election for all sorts of reasons. Uh, you know, it's the tools of the Democrats themselves have been used against them, and we have won. Now, I have, I've seen many uh, Facebook postings from liberals who say this is really a, a, not a good thing, but it's no surprise because Mike Garcia, he, well, you know, he's got a Latino descent, uh, of Latino descent, and he's a wartime guy. The district guy. is white as a fence whitewashed by Tuck Finn and Tom Sawyer. I, I understand. <laughs> I'm simply saying that, you know, he's a military guy and all that stuff. So, therefore, that's the reason why he was, uh, was um, loser-proof, so to speak. And, really? In racist America? Yeah. yeah. Racist well, America a, will only vote for brown and black people? Good point. Yeah. No, I, I, look, it's too easy to, to respond <laughs> to. Uh, using that same argument, then, you could say, well, then let's just run all uh, Latino military uh, veterans, and, and we'll all be good. And, and all Republicans, or whoever is running, Democrat or Republican, uh, will win just by being a male Latino veteran. Okay? That, there's your answer. If that's the formula... Then, then you've got your formula, okay? So it's it's obviously BS, okay? It's 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 silly. The reason why he won, my lefty friends, is because we're so fucking sick and tired of your leftist agenda. We see through what you are trying to do. See, this is the problem for the leftists. They they think that we accept their abuse, and that we're okay with it. And they don't realize there's a rage going on within. The fact that we do not, that, that <clears throat> it's not all over, all over the news because they squashed us, right? They figure, well, because uh, we can't see it, therefore we're okay. Therefore, people must be supporting us. They remind me of Ceausescu, who's my favorite, and I say that in quotes, favorite, my favorite communist leader just because of, of the, his brutality, in the way he dealt with people. No, I'm not for brutality. I'm simply saying, you'll see the end of the story, what I'm talking about. When the wall came down and uh, East European country, after East European country started falling, uh, this Romanian dictator, he and his wife, I believe his, his wife is, is Elaine. Ileana. Ileana, okay. Nicolae and Ileana. Nicolae. Very good. So the, uh, they were trying to escape and they were caught at the border, and they by their own guards. By their own guards, and yeah, they, they and they waited. They waited. The guards kind of held them for the time being, while the guards listened to the radio to see which way the revolution was turning. And once they realized that it was against Ceausescu, then they grabbed him and they brought him back to his uh, whatever castle. headquarters. Whatever. Yeah, no, to, to their to Palace. their residence, their yeah. house. And a bunch of soldiers there, they had a mock, mock trial. It was a mock trial. And they, des- they decided to execute their sentence right there on the spot. But the, here's, here's the thing that I, makes them my favorite sort of dictators. And again, in air quotes, that when they heard this, when the Ceausescu and Eliana heard this, they were so shocked that they would dare to have a trial, uh, much less sentence them. To death, they didn't. They appreciate all that they had done for the Romanian people. They were so good to them. How could they not like this? Oh, you see, this is what happens with dictators. They believe their own bullshit. They 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 tell their press how to describe them. To use wonderful adulation, adulatory um, appellations like. Uh, you know, spiritual leader of the country and the son, you know, the son of our, of our nation, S-U-N, son. And so the newspapers do that because they're forced to at gunpoint. And then Ceausescu and leaders like them, they read it and they, they decide, oh, they, they must really love me. Having, having forced them to say these things, <laughs> this, this adulatory language, then they believe this adulatory, adulatory language. And that's what's happening in California. Yeah, Garcetti, 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 wait, Garcetti cannot believe yeah. that we don't love him. Exactly, because he's suppressed things so much, and he sees all these people quarantining. He sees all these people uh, putting masks on. He sees all, a lot of people even supporting him. 
and it's Facebook, of course, suppresses uh, this dissenting Dissent. voices. Yeah. And then he figures, okay, well, people must really love what I'm doing. Only to find out at the ballot box, not so much. Not so much. And, and by a lot, we don't like what, what he's doing. So they've got some big problems. And I'm loving to see what's going to happen in November. It'll be a slaughter. Uh, look, and we'll be here at the, uh, I guess, in early November, talking about the results of, uh, of the election. Trump and we'll will be have talking won. about all the great stuff we saw that night on MSNBC and CNN. <laughs> yeah, and we they'll be so de- shocked. We will have used every DVR and TV mm-hmm. in our house to record every show <laughs> on CNN. Yes. And MSNBC yes. and the the three uh, alphabet networks so we can watch the braying over and I didn't say praying, I said braying you know uh, 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 over and over and over. Well, okay, look do do you think do you think it's going to be as novel uh, and as interesting as uh, what happened with uh, the, the 2016 election? Because in 2016 when Trump won, it was like, oh my gosh, this because he was truly somebody a stranger to them. They had no idea what he was going to be like. They, they had already decided that he was going to be a monster. He was going to be a Hitler or whatever. Um, now, at that point, they will have had four years of him, and they'll simply say, okay, more of this crap that we don't like. I get it, but uh, it's back then it was a novel thing, and that's why you saw these people crying the way they did and such like that. And it was like they can't believe that Hillary Clinton, uh, who was coronated already, did not win. Uh, now I think they seriously understand that there's a chance, in fact, a decent chance that Trump will, will win re-election. So when he wins re-election, and you and I are convinced that he will, uh, will it be the same sort of response? Well, the, the, their followers – don't believe that. Yeah. So they will bray and bray and bray. There's a, a little hybrid situation or a, <clears throat> a, a specialized situation of 2016 that I think that was so delicious that we clearly are not going to get. And that is the behavior of Hillary Clinton when she lost. I had no way of knowing or predicting that she would fail to come out and reassure her supporters and make its concession speech and act in any way gracious. I mean, I knew she's not going to act gracious, but for clearly what happened that night, for those of you who don't remember, is there must have been a huge fight and a thrown cake and some other temper tantrum and heavy drinking that prevented her from making a public appearance. The lack of public appearance is what really got me that night. And that, unfortunately, we will not get to enjoy again. Most likely, Joe Biden, whose bedtime is around 6 p.m., won't make an appearance. But that's because he's in bed, you know, (laughs) for all we know. You are so mean. I'm just honest. (laughs) I just call it like it is, okay? And so anyway, we're not going to get that. Let's get to the point. What's going to happen? But the, the media will whip a certain segment of skyscreamers into a certain froth. And there will be sky screaming and snot and tears and all that. I just uh, want the people who say that they're going to move to Canada to just move to Canada already. Just get the fuck out of my country. Darling, Trudeau <laughs> has strengthened the border on his side and he's not laying them in anymore. Uh, trust me, do you really want these? <laughs> these I don't want them. Trudeau, Trudeau has built these a wall. Whiners. Don't, are you listening to me? I'm Trudeau a, built a wall. He's I, not letting them in. No, he's going to let them in. <laughs> Okay, so I know a lot of people who are now tell me for like the fifth time. I mean, uh, well, let, let me finish. Okay. They're now telling me for the fifth time that they are, if, if the Republican wins, in this case Trump, they're, they're moving to, to Canada. Didn't you say that to me four times before? Yeah, but this time I really mean it. Okay, got it. Well, All they right. should go now because there's a 14 day minimum quarantine requirement when you go. <laughs> the other thing is, look, the, the, of all the proof we have, Trump is going to win and win big is the quarantine lockdown situation. It would not be happening if Trump was safely behind. Right. So, I, mean, I mean, bottom line, so, you know. Of course, why, of course, of course. There'd be no reason to destroy the economy. So uh, I am convinced that Trump will win at least 40 states. And I'm speaking conservatively, uh, conservatively there. Uh, I'm more of, mind, of the mind that it's at least 43 states. But I'm going to stick with 40 just for easy prediction purposes. 
I think that he will get at least 300 electoral votes, and I'm, I'm guessing more close to 325, 340. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, of course. But, you know, having said all of this, I can say, look, it's still, what, six months away, this election, a little less than six months away. <clears throat> Anything can happen. But you know what? I, I, I would have I said this before the coronavirus. And in fact, we did say, you know, the only way he's going to lose is if there is some sort of horrific scandal, which is still possible, right? Uh, involving little boys, for example, God forbid. But that has not come out. And I, I doubt that it ever will come out. Or I said some sort of massive economic disaster. And that did happen. A massive economic disaster. So, but he's still looking pretty damn good. And, and the beautiful thing about what Trump has done in this whole thing, uh, you can understand his having to play ball because had he not done something and shown himself up every day on the coronavirus podium uh, and spoken about you know things that we need to do and closing the borders and everything else, had he not done that, then every coronavirus death would say, there's another Trump death. That's what have, that would have happened, okay? So he had to play the game, especially with the lack of knowledge and the pressure that he got. So I don't, I don't fault him whatsoever about that. And, and by contrast, many Democrats have said, you know what? The way Trump has handled this has been pretty damn good. And then the, the coup de grace was that he said, I'm going to let the states decide. Right, engaged in federalism. He engaged and, and, and in federalism. And a very important point is Trump, and no matter what Fauci did, Trump released guidelines. He didn't give orders. That's very important. That's a very important. I understand. Decision. I want to stick and to the state. And that's exactly what. No, that's my point. That's the, I'm amplifying why he gave it to the states. He only issued guidelines. The states then freely issued their orders. I understand. Do you understand? I, that's I, why I get it's so it. important. I get it. The guidelines are great. And he put no, the guidelines sucked, but they were guidelines, not orders. I understand the he fact didn't that it, tell people all right, all right, to stay. Cool, cool it. Calm down. I'm talking about that. The fact that they were guidelines as opposed to regulations. Now Fauci is talking very recently about imposing nationwide restrictions, but you know that's not going to happen. So uh, th there's the the balance between federalism and what the leftists wants. The leftists wants the leftists want to have national guidelines, there'd be many people who would be very happy with quarantining everyone and not even allowing them outside of their homes whatsoever. Um, th these people are nuts, of course. But the beauty of federalism is exactly what Trump has done. Let the states decide. Okay, And so, California, you want to you wanna go into the dark ages? Be my guest. That's on you. That's on you, G Governor Newsom in particular. Right, and the voters punished... The yeah. Democrats for that on yeah. Tuesday. That's right. Brilliantly. And, and, and Trump gets to say, look, I, I encourage people. I want people to get back to work. And, you know, kudos to you, Texas. Kudos to you, uh, Georgia and Florida and many other states now. Uh, and Ohio, I think, is back in, back in action. Yeah. And Trump, <clears> by the way, keeps reminding people we flatten the curve. Now it's time to open up. Yes. He says so, so that now, verbatim. So now for all those voters who are going into the voting booth, they're, it's not only that they're they, they get to vote for Trump because he wanted uh, the, the, the economies to get back in track. They will know that whatever economy is suffering, it's because of the governor. <clears throat> they, there's no way the governor Newsom can say, look at, what, look at the horrible economy that Trump has wrought, right? No, it's all on you. And, and even the simple voter can figure that out. See, unlike in previous situations previous elections where if the economy is bad for whatever reason and let's say there's just this massive imposition of regulations in this or that state, the ordinary voter would still blame the president even though there would be no cost to do so. It, you, you could argue all day long that it's really the governor, but they wouldn't necessarily see it. You would have to have not a PhD, but you would have to some, some sort of savvy. You'd have to cut through media crap to yeah, get you there. <clears throat> but now you don't have to cut through any of this crap. You know that the reason why you are not able to go to work is because of a man named Governor Newsom or Eric Garcetti, as the case may be, as opposed to <clears throat> um, President Trump, who's been saying, hey, open it up. It's good. And it's wonderful. This is and it's it's not not only going to be helpful for Trump's reelection chances, but it also 
elucidates, it really clarifies the distinction between leftism and conservatism. Right, and it tells everyone in Democrat-controlled states, wait a minute, are you sure you want to keep going down that road? Yeah. And, and then there's yeah, one other exactly little right. coup de grace of that. It's a, if, the, if the coup de grace is a Sunday, this is the cherry on top. China. Trump has been warning about China now going on about five and a half years. Yeah. And everyone knows China hurt us with the virus. So who's been proven right? Who's been proven wrong? Who's been telling us the truth? Who's been lying to us? And the mashup, Who's been saying flatten the curve? Oh, now move the goalposts. And the mashup of all the things that Fauci um, and Biden, for that matter, and all the Democrat heads and, the, and de Blasio and Cuomo all saying no big whoop on this virus business, even when Trump had decided to close down the, the, the borders, at least as, as to Chinese travelers, um, they now are stuck with all that video, all the, the taped conversations saying exactly that and telling people to hug each other and to go to the China, uh, China New, Chinese New Year's and, and New Year's parades and the restaurants and everything that go to Chinatown. Which, of course, was the reason why they massively exploded the coronavirus in New York in particular. Um, it's also Cuomo and um, de Blasio who ordered uh, nursing homes to take in patients with corona, uh, who are infected with corona, into their nursing homes. And in fact, the rest of the nursing and if, homes. And now we know that 60% plus of the deaths <clears throat> resulting from the coronavirus came from... Nursing homes. They're in the nursing homes. Yeah, you where idiots. that happened. Oh, and one more place that happened, California. One more place that happened, Washington. Washington State. It happened yep. in every place Democrats run. Yeah, oh, it's... It's, it's delish. It's delish in the sense of, of exposing it. I, yeah, I don't, and they did I don't, it. I don't, I don't want to wish anybody a death, but I, you know, it is delicious in the sense of it's so ex, it's, it so exposes the hypocrisy of the left and the uh, fallaciousness of their ideology. And the ineffectiveness of all of their programs. Everything they say, you can bank on doing the opposite, and then you'll be uh, in, in good position. Do the opposite of what the Democrats propose, and you, your life will be good. Okay? They tell you not to do X, do X. Okay? They, they tell you that the sky is falling, the sky is not falling. Okay, just trust me on this. They tell one. you global warming's real, global warming's fake. Exactly. They tell you Trump killed all these people. No, they killed all these people. Yeah. Everything is the opposite. So, look, we're, we're and, in good and position. And they did here. it because they wanted to pad the numbers to blame it on Trump. Of course. And then they got blamed. Is it's clear? Look, we have you know, in vino veritas, as they say, which is a Latin phrase to in wine there is truth, right? But it's not just in wine; it's also in crisis there is truth. There's um, and, and drug addiction and uh, and, and tensioning and um, uh, pressure and, and scandal war. and war. There is truth, and here we have a crisis. Okay, the crisis being the virus, which I think is very self-imposed, but that's another story. Nevertheless, we are in a situation of crisis, and the Democrats, many liberals, perceive themselves to be in this war, and they've got to fight and everything else, and everyone's going to wear a mask. But they really hate Trump so much. And now comes the truth of what they really believe. And time, like Ami Horowitz, you know, you know who he is? He, he does these videos on campuses and otherwise. Uh, and he just, you know, a man on the street sort of interviews. And he asks many lefty people, you know, these classic lefty looking people who, you know, they're with their wives or whatever. And, and he talks to them and, and, and they're walking their dog. And he asks, who did you vote for? Oh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, you know, okay, do you consider yourself a Democrat? Yes, by all means. He's, what do you think about Trump? He's awful. He's the devil incarnate. Okay. Uh, how many people, if, if you knew that the only way to get rid of Trump would be to have a massive number of people dying from this coronavirus, how many people would you um, say, okay, well, th that would be enough? Um, to die for, for, for that. How many people are you willing to have die in order to, to have Trump be not reelected? And they all said the same thing. As many as it takes. Millions. I don't care. That's, that's what we need to do to get rid of Trump. I'm willing to sacrifice the lives of millions of people so that Trump does not get reelected. Okay, now, 
I know a lot of you lefty listeners out there are saying, not me. I'm, I'm not like that. I would – let me tell you. Yeah, bullshit you are. You are – well, if you believe that, then you're in the minority. Your lefty friends uh, are willing to stop at nothing to stop this Trump guy. They perceive themselves as in this great war to fight the very evil Donald J. Trump because their country has been taken over and horrific things are happening. And we all need to blow it up from the inside. We need to have spies on the inside. Do what it takes. We need to destroy this democracy in order to save it. Okay, they really believe this, Sorry, That's that's the way they think. That's right. And that's and now we know, and this is now leading into the next topic, and um, it's about General Flynn and how the, the unmasking issue and everything else that's coming out now. Uh, the, the spying that went on uh, of the Trump administration while they were campaigning, uh, even before he was sworn in as president, even after he had won the, re-elec- uh, the election uh, in, in November of 2016, uh, that time period b- before he was sworn in in January of 2017, they were spying on him. They were finding whatever they could to undermine him before he even became president. Right. They were dedicating the very top people at the FBI, CIA, national security agencies, etc. Right. On his campaign. Right. I, I, every, every, right. Everyone, and this is because I don't want to derail this, uh, everyone to a man and woman was saying and really believed, we've got to stop this man. And yes, we're going to do whatever it needs to be done, even if it's illegal, because uh, we've got to stop this man. And they, they did it under cover of dark uh, darkness. They, but worse yet, they did it under cover of, of pretense, of legal pretense, using the, uh, the warrant uh, from the FISA court and saying, okay, let's unmask this General Flynn guy and make him a spy and somehow get him to lie. And it was, it, was, um, it was breathtaking. And then when he didn't lie, they changed the police reports, basically doing right. what's called falsifying a police report yes. in the FBI yes. level that said, well, he didn't lie, but now he did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and then, of course, pressuring him to say, to, to plead, to cop to a, a guilty plea. Uh, by putting a, uh, saying that he's going to spend a tremendous number of years in jail and also to threaten his son uh, that, that he would be prosecuted, that the son would be prosecuted. My friend, I got to tell you, that's putting a gun to your head and saying, do it or else. Okay, this is Gestapo con- uh, you know, uh, tactics. And for you lefties to say, well, look, he admitted it. He, he copped to a plea deal and the judge asked him, you know, are you sure about this, uh, General Flynn? Yes, I'm sure about this. That, of course, he's he said that these things. He was terrified. I don't blame him. I don't it know was, that I, I don't know that I would have done anything differently. Right, and it was also being advised everyone by has lawyers. their pressure point. Right. Okay. And, and, you could I could make you do anything. All right. I, I bet you, if I could, if I somehow threatened your beautiful daughters and your lovely wife. In, in a way, uh, either, either their lives or imprisonment or something horrible like that, I bet I could get you to do a lot of things. Who? <laughs> you. No. Who are you saying you're threat- going to hurt? If I, if I were to threaten your daughters. Who? <laughs> what, what are you getting at? All right. I'm saying no one could get it. Me. No Anyone one... else can get it. Someone. Yeah. Okay. I do. <laughs> There's a great line by uh, Steelers um, linebacker Jack Lambert. No one intimidates us. We're the intimidators. So that's me. But you make a good point. No, I, I, no, no. Wrong. I'm saying every – no, you're wrong, Ari. Everyone has their breaking point. Yeah, you threaten my cat. <laughs> that's another yeah. story. Yeah, it's a good point. I should have started with that. Right. But, but here's the thing. Uh, they, they threaten him, and then they dare say, look at him. He signed this. You know what? I, I'm a lawyer. I've seen a lot of documents signed uh, under penalty no, – sorry, under penalty of perjury uh, under duress. Okay, people have said things and agreed to things um, under tremendous pressure. And it is, by the way, it is hard to undo that in court. It really is. We don't like the duress argument, but there is such a thing as duress. And there are circumstances whereby you can undo a contract because you can show that there was duress. Right. Isn't duress it essentially makes a contract an illegal contract on it's void. certain ways? It's void. Uh, that, that's the point of it. Now, there are certain things you cannot say that are duress. For example, well, my mom was dying of cancer at the time, and I, I just wasn't thinking clearly, and that's why I signed it. But that's not duress because the person 
with whom you're contracting doesn't know that your mom is dying of cancer and doesn't know that you're you know, in a cloud of sorts. No, if the person that you're contracting with has a gun to your head and says, uh, you know, sign this loan and guarantee this loan for me of a million dollars, and and the gun is to his head, yes, that's duress. Yeah, I call that the vanilla ice principle. That's when Suge Knight uh, took his henchmen and dangled vanilla ice by the ankles out of a high floor of the Sofitel Hotel in L.A. and told him, turn over all your royalties to us. And Vanilla Ice said yes. And the giveaway should have been that the signature was upside down. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Good point. No, the giveaway is that there was a signature because Vanilla Ice doesn't know how to read or write. (laughs) Okay, very funny. But you get the idea. So General Flynn, this is what they did. Guys, this is truly the most significant crime in American history. This makes – you choose – your comparison. This makes Watergate look like nothing. Okay. Seriously, not very good at it. Nothing. Makes it, it makes it look like stealing someone's lunch money. Yeah, that's right. You know? or or jaywalking, yeah. or or you know, uh, going through a red light when, you know at two o'clock in the morning when there's literally nobody else around, and uh, you know you're in the middle of a cornfield. Nobody cares whether you cross that particular red light, but it's technically a violation. It's true, um, but that's what. It makes Watergate. Yeah, Watergate look like. was a victimless crime by comparison. Look, but it's victimless. It's, yeah, you could say that what, it, the main crime in Watergate it was the cover-up. It wasn't the actual eavesdropping on the the uh, the other campaign's headquarters. That, that people do that all the time. That people try to find little spies. You know, what, there's no difference between right. having a spy in somebody else's campaign, ostensibly working, let's say, for the Hillary Clinton campaign or the Trump campaign. And then you get some secret stuff out there. That's not a crime. It's not cool. Uh, we don't want to live in that kind of country. But nevertheless, it's not the crime the same way as what they did here. Getting a warrant through FISA court, lying about it, creating a – I mean it just – it goes beyond. We've talked about it in so many different ways. And now this unmasking of General Flynn. And who was doing that? Calling him a list? Russian spy. A Russian spy no less. And, and this is the guy, this is the first time, you know, it, first time in history that an outgoing administration took so much interest in, in spying and figuring out what the new incoming administration was all about and what it was going to do. It, it's never happened before. You don't do that. There's no reason to do that. By contrast, General Flynn, who was uh, going to be the uh, NSA head at the time, um, was... He was part of the incoming administration. That means that you go ahead and you call up your various uh, you know, foreign governments and you start talking to them. And they declare that to be somehow unlawful. That's what you do when you're an incoming administration. What do you expect? Well, you know, you have to wait until uh, Trump is formally sworn in and look at the clock and say, okay, and now yeah, you can, they, you can call the Russian that, government. So say, see, he doesn't know what he's doing. See, see how understand they they get him behind the the ball, I guess, right? right. So now, so now, what's going to happen now? Now, now we know that Biden himself was one of these people that wanted the unmasking of General Flynn, uh, along with Samantha Powers, along with uh, who, who else, uh, Brennan, and so on. Why? Why were these people seeking the unmasking of General Flynn? Why? What was the point? I put it to you that the point was to sabotage the possibility of the FISA warrant being exposed about what Obama had done in order to spy on the Trump campaign. Now, let's go to the way back machine, as Ari likes to call it, the time machine, where in the beginning days of the Trump administration, Trump discovered that he, had, he was being spied upon. It was the FISA warrant that he was talking about and how Carter Page was the, 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 where they were recording him. Um, and he tweeted out saying, I can't believe that the Obama administration has, had spied on us, had wiretapped us, I think he said. And then New York Times even pointed that out and then, of course, scrubbed it as quickly as they could. But it's still there. The New York Times admitted that there was a wiretapping going on they, what they weren't realizing was that it was an illegal wiretapping. Um, and when that happened, do you remember what they said about Trump? 
Look how crazy this man is. Look how paranoid this man is. He sees conspiracies everywhere, this crazy Trump. And then they started parsing things by going, well, wires aren't tapped anymore. Right, yeah, you know, exactly right. Because it's an old phrase from back then. It's yeah, like yeah. saying, let me watch the videotape. Right, right, exactly right. Instead of, yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, but they it's use not a videotype. That. It's a digital form of transmission. Yeah, of, yeah but of they image, decided to parse split hairs yeah. on that little detail as if the context of what he was talking about was invalid. Right, yeah. No, it's... Yeah, therefore, it, you, can, you can ignore anything that follows this sentence. Right. No, no, it, it, no it's, 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 that is so breathtaking. Now, right. look, and one other detail about that's so powerful is this. Mark Levin compiled this information on March 3rd, 2017, and then Trump reacted to it with the wiretap tweet. Right. But it was in October that the New York Times wrote about it, and I believe they said in their article... The word wiretap. Yes, the I, no, I saw it. I, I saw the, the wire. But the, it was the, the a five-month delta in time. The point is that all those people that accused Trump of being crazy and engaging in conspiracies were 100% wrong. 100% wrong. And every single time now, looking back on the tweets of Donald J. Trump, he was right. Every single time. They didn't like it, uh, especially the times that they... they that he referred to somebody with an adjective, whatever it might be, that, you know, this person is scum or whatever. Fine. Okay, that's Slow, just an, tired, sleepy. That's an yeah. opinion. But in terms of him actually talking about something that they claimed that he was wrong factually, he was right factually every single time. And the wiretapping one, I'll never forget that one because when that came out, they said, wow, what a maniac we have now as our president. What are we to do? 25th Amendment and all that stuff, right? And the 25th Amendment being the amendment that allows for the um, removal, removal of a president yeah. based on, on mental incapacity. So that, that's where we're at, my friends. And what I love about what is happening, I mean, to some extent, the crisis, the, the coronavirus crisis, is really bringing out the distinction between the left and the right. And I'm, I believe, with all my heart, the left is being exposed and many Democrats, diehard Democrats from, from generations, are saying I've had enough and I'm voting Republican for the first time in my life. And you know what? I may stay a Republican for the rest of my life. Anyway, I'll wrap it up there and say, this is Brock Lurie signing off. Saying God bless, be safe, and we'll talk with you next week.